Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, it is so good to be with you. My plane touched down last night about 1245 into Cincinnati. I saw 2.40 on the clock before I fell asleep, but I love this place so much I had to get back here today. Uh, and so, uh, man, I'm just so grateful. I'll, I'll share in a minute about just what we experienced this week in Bolivia. But how many of you guys are thankful what God's doing in our hearts and lives here? God's, listen, God's doing something significant in Maker's Church. God's doing something. He is literally establishing and raising this body to be influential in our city and in our region. And I, one day, I believe in our nation in Jesus' name. And so these moments are so important because these times we get into the word, it's not just to be encouraged, it's to be equipped. It's to be equipped to continue to walk in the fullness of what God has for us. So rather than saying no thanks, we wanna say yes. So we can be equipped. How many of you guys wanna live in the fullness of what Jesus died to give you? These are the moments that we do that together. So let's pray, let's ask the Lord to give us insight, to give us, if, you, if you're like me, ask the Lord to help you stay focused for more than 10 minutes, come on. And we get in the word and we leave together encouraged, energized, and strengthened by the word and his spirit to be those that go into the world to make disciples and make a difference in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you today. God, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for the, the family of God, Lord, that stands before me. I thank you, Lord, for our next service family. God, that, God, we continue to be a church that is growing. Lord, we are growing and we are healthy and we give you praise for that. And Lord, today I ask, Lord, as we, God, finish this series on purity, God, that we would continue to be challenged, continue to be changed, and continue to be equipped, Lord, to be a voice of truth, a voice of hope, and a voice of love in the earth for the kingdom of God. Lord, meet us here, and God, give us ears to hear and a heart to understand, and may your word today take root and bear fruit in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. If you're ready, somebody shout amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, we are finishing our series, and uh, man, it is so good to be with you. Uh, I, I just, I'll be honest with you, uh, the Lord is giving me strength today. This service and next service will be the 12th and 13th time I have preached since last Sunday. Uh, so I have spent a lot of time being with leaders. We just got to spend uh, uh, five days with over 500 pastors and leaders from the entire nation of Bolivia. Uh, and I will tell you, it was a supernatural gathering from start to finish. We got to gather with them, equip them. We got to go to some local churches. And can I tell you, man, Holy Ghost fire came down in Bolivia while we were there. Um, I was there with one of our missionaries we support. His name is Cruz Paniagua. Cruz is gonna be here at the end of July. But how many of you guys know this about Pastor Cruz? Cruz is an apostle in the kingdom of God. Uh, and so we got to go together and we got to minister. And listen, uh, we went to a church uh, on Friday night, and man, and we just, we preached together, we ministered together. Uh, and then the Lord started moving. We started casting demons out of young people because how many of you guys know demons have no place in our sons and daughters? Um, uh, we started seeing divine healings and prophetic words. You say, Pastor, uh, is, is, is that common? It should be in the kingdom of God. Those things should be happening and should be following us as the saints in the earth. And so listen, uh, I will tell you, we have 500 new friends in Bolivia that know about our church, that are praying for you and Maker's Church, and they send their love and blessings to you in Jesus' name. Isn't that incredible? Uh, they are believing with us. They actually took time to pray over me and pray over our church that the best is yet to come and that God's just getting started here in Maker's Church and in the city of Cincinnati. And I don't know about you, but I receive it and I believe it in Jesus' name. 
Uh, and so it was an incredible time. Uh, I, I'm so grateful for our time there. We, we had so much fun. Uh, but I will tell you, there is no place like Maker's Church. I'm glad that I get to call this place home. I'm glad I get to be with you today. Uh, and I want to tell you a couple of things that are funny, because while I'm sharing about Bolivia, uh, there's two things I discovered. Number one, I need to learn Spanish. Uh, I really, really need to learn Spanish. I told Melissa that without my interpreter, um, I felt like a contestant in a beauty pageant because all I could do is smile and wave. Now, 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 I don't need you to correct me. I didn't say I looked like one. I said I felt like one. So let's back that up just for a minute. But I, I really need to learn Spanish. Uh, and number two, apparently most Bolivians have not seen many Americans my size uh, because the initial shock was pretty real. Uh, it was very genuine. Like, I can't tell how many times I shook someone's hand and they did like the slow look up as they, they were like, like. <laughs> and so it was so funny. But some people said, hola. Some people said, wow. Like they literally, they literally were like, wow. <laughs> and so, you know, being the, the great Miss America contestant I am, I just smiled and waved. You know, I said hello uh, and did those things. I couldn't say anything else. Uh, I tell you, the funniest part though was when I would meet people, I would walk away or I'd go by a group of people. I kept hearing this word whispered and they were, they were whispering the word gigante, which means giant. <laughs> So, so like, I'm passing by people, they're like, Gigante, like, you know, I'm like, so, uh, but we built a, a relationship, we had a lot of fun, but how do you guys know that it's good to laugh, man, we need to, uh, and, but it was an incredible week, thank you for your prayers, uh, and I'm just excited, because listen, I, I will t remind you, I know we don't always think about it, the kingdom of God is not a local kingdom, it's a global kingdom. It's wonderful to see what God's doing in brothers, brothers and sisters around the world. And I'm telling you something about Maker's Church. I promise this is from the Lord. We have a global mandate on our house. It is not just to touch the east side of Cincinnati, although we are and we will in greater ways. We will shake nations through this house in Jesus' name. We have to believe that together. If you believe that, somebody say amen. Amen. So I, I want to finish our series today uh, that we've been, how many of you guys have enjoyed this series so far? Man, it's been so, so exciting to teach it, to learn. And I, I'm grateful from just, and, and listen, share testimonies. I've heard so many, but share testimonies about what God is saying or doing, because I don't believe God uh, spoke to my heart to do this on accident. I believe he's equipping the saints uh, to stand for purity and truth in this season in a very real way. And so we've been in this series uh, and we're finishing. It's four weeks today. We've talked about sexuality, spirituality, and the church. And for the last three weeks, we have had some necessary discussions re regarding God's desire for purity in his people. We've talked about how we must flee from the spirit of pride. If you believe that, say amen. We've got to flee from the spirit of pride. And, and we, we've been equipping ourselves from God's word with how to move, how to move in the earth with boldness and gracious truth for the kingdom of God in the world in which we live. And so I want to remind us as we uh, finish this today, the role of the church in our society is to not be silent. And if, and if someone told you that, they were incorrect. The role of the church in our society is to not be silent, but to stand up, to speak up, and shine bright in the image of Jesus in the earth. 
That's the role as the people of God. That is what we all need to say yes to in Jesus' name. And I wanna encourage you, if you've missed uh, an installment of this series over the last several weeks, please go get on our YouTube channel and watch it. Uh, you can go on Spotify and see the podcast, go to our app or our website, take a listen. I promise you will be challenged and equipped on how you can continue to shine bright for the kingdom in the earth in Jesus' name. But I believe this series has been impactful, challenging and empowering uh, for all of us as the body of Christ. And I wanna say this, I know that we are out of, officially out of the month of June, but the kingdom of darkness and their demonic agendas are not done because June is over. The, the kingdom of darkness and, and, the, and the demonic agendas of immorality and confusion and perversion, they are trying to deceive every generation of humanity. For too long, we thought that Satan only bothered adults. No, honey, he messes with our kids too. And if you did not think that, now you can clearly see he is not just after us post 30, he's after us at three and four. And so we have to see that the demonic agendas of, of perversion and, and immorality and, and confusion, they're trying to deceive the generations of humanity. And so knowing the desire then of Satan to see us all mired in error and in deception, chained in compromise, listen, we must make sure, Maker's Church, that the foundation of our lives is not built upon our own opinion or mixed with the eroding moral standards of our culture. Must not. However, our foundation must be the infallible, unchanging, eternal, and supernatural word of God. The Bible must be our foundation. Come on, that's your best chance to say amen. The Bible must be our foundation. We must build and live our lives on the eternal truth of God's word. That's why it is a core value here at Makers. We do not care what the world thinks. We care what God has already said and is saying. So we must build our lives on the word of God. And we must, everybody say must. We must look at the moral issues of our time through the lens of purity. We must look at the, at, the, at the moral issues of our day together, this time in history, through the lens of purity. So I want us, as we finish today, to look at this scripture one more time. We looked at it every week, 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. I hope you've written it down, maybe even memorized it by now. We've read it so much. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Run as fast as you can from all the ambitions and lust of youth and chase after all that is pure. Chase after all that is pure. Whatever builds up your faith and deepens your love must become your holy pursuit and live in peace with all those who worship our Lord Jesus with pure hearts. Chase after all that is pure. Not some things, chase after everything that is pure. And look what, he, look, what, look what Paul says. He says, and whatever builds up your faith and deepens your love must become your holy pursuit. You know, I, I said this with, with a sermon that I preached before, but let me remind you, you were not made for the cheap places in this world. You were made for the deep places of God. And so when, when you, listen, when you go after things that, that build up your faith and deepen your love, you're getting into the deep places where God designed you to go. And we wanna prioritize that together in Jesus' name. And listen, when we pursue purity, we position ourselves to know and see God consistently in our lives. How many of you guys wanna see God every day? 
Well, it's those with clean hands and pure hearts that see the Lord. So we've got to prioritize purity, amen? Amen. So last week, we addressed some statements that we as a society are hearing more and more. That the world demands that we accept as truth. They demand that we affirm them as correct, especially during the month of June that we all know by many has been labeled Pride Month. And we addressed those issues and we talked about them, listen, from a biblical foundation, through the lens of purity, and throughout, the, throughout that, through the, through the lens of understanding that we are ambassadors for the kingdom uh, of God in the earth. Anybody thankful that you're an ambassador for the kingdom? We are ambassadors and we have to process those things today. But I, I want us to look uh, today as we finish our series, um, as, as we as the people of God, how, now that we've learned truth, we've, we've walked through, we've talked about pride and immorality and how those things cannot have any part of our lives either. And we know that those things are still running rampant in the world, but how now do we as the people of God, how do we combat and conquer the demonic rulers and hosts that try to enslave and destroy humanity. How do we do that? Because a lot of people, you get fired up when you hear the truth, but you leave and say, that's the truth, but what do I do with it? That's the word, but how do I now steward what God is saying? So today I wanna finish our series looking at how. Somebody say how. How we combat and conquer the demonic rulers and hosts that try to enslave and destroy humanity. Because listen, our hope, church, is that for anyone struggling with sin, anyone struggling with sexual immorality of any kind, that their testimony can be that which we read last week from 1 Corinthians 6, 11, that they used to be like that, but now they're cleansed. And they're made holy and right with God by calling on Jesus as Lord. And so, but in order, but we have to see this, in order for that testimony to be a reality for people, we as the ecclesia, the called out ones, the church, we must know two things. Two things. Number one, we must know who our enemy truly is. We must know who our enemy truly is. And then number two, how we conquer that enemy. Those two things are super important. And so today, listen, if you're not taking notes, you should take notes. And if you are taking notes, I celebrate that you're a note taker, amen. And a note maker, because that just goes to the name of the church. Okay, here we go. So let's talk about this this morning. Because if I'm talking about who our enemy truly is and how we conquer that enemy, some of you are like, well, pastor, you make us sound more like spiritual soldiers than you do family. You are correct, but can I tell you, we are both. The people of God need to be reminded that we are not just a family, but we are also the army of God in the earth. And let me give you a Bible really quick. Romans 8, chapter four, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. That says we're the sons of God in the earth. You can read it. I'm not gonna take the time because I don't have time, but you can read that today. We are the sons of God. We get to call him Abba Father. Everybody thankful he is our Abba Father. Oh man, he is a close and present voice and presence in every time of need. But 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, the Holy Spirit could have told Paul to say as good sons, but instead he said as a good soldier. There's a reason for that. He didn't, how do you guys know the Holy Spirit didn't make a mistake? Paul didn't write an error. He called it soldier for a reason. Even Ephesians 6, we can go read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 and find out, well, wait a minute, why is God telling us to put on armor? It's not because we're sons, it's because we're soldiers. And we put on armor because just like we get to sit at the table of the family of God, we also put on the armor of the, of the army of God to go and destroy the darkness of this world and advance the kingdom of light. 
And so we have to remember as we get into things like this about how do we conquer spiritual enemies? How do we walk in victory? We don't do that as a family. We do that as an army. Come on, somebody. We do that as an army. So we are the sons. Somebody say, I am a son and a soldier in the kingdom of God. If you believe that, say amen. So in order for us, church, to see people that are enslaved to sexual sin and enslaved to immorality, we must remember what Ephesians chapter six, verse 12 tells us, where it says, for we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is who we are fighting. And so when it comes to the confusion and the deception of things in our world, when it comes to a month like we just saw, the month that celebrates pride, that celebrates sexual immorality, confusion, deception, the question is, and it's this important, is the question is, is our enemy the people living in sin? No. In fact, no, 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 no. Our enemy is not people. Our enemy are not the people that are living in sin. Our real enemy is the demonic spirits and agendas that are operating in the hearts of people. Does that make sense to everybody? This is so fun for me because all week I've had to say like five words and wait on a translation. I get to run with it today. This is so good. Our real enemy our real enemy is the demonic spirits and agendas that are operating in the hearts and lives of people. And because we have not always really understood who our enemy is, let's, can we be honest that we haven't always understood that? We haven't always really understood who our enemy is. Because I will show you, instead of walking in the ministry of reconciliation like God tells us to in 2 Corinthians 5.18, We've had too many Christians walking around with a spirit of retaliation instead. Let's go deep for a minute. Let's be honest for a minute as the church. We have not always done the best job at recognizing who our true enemy really is. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. And, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation Listen to me, not retaliation. And when it comes to these topics about, about immorality and perversion and all the things we're seeing, we really wanna retaliate quickly, don't we? Ooh, they're being honest over here. You guys tell me how you feel today. It makes you mad. It makes you angry. It makes you wanna like get your skin green and lift up a car. You know, it makes you frustrated. That's a Hulk reference, by the way, if you didn't get that. <laughs> but listen to me. We, we, listen to me. In, instead of having the ministry of reconciliation, we have ended up massacring people with retaliation. And they were never our enemy. God is very clear. Listen to me. This is a warning for some of you. I felt it in my spirit when I was writing it. Remember, God is clear. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Your job is not getting vengeance. That's his job. And he has promised he will do it. It is not your responsibility to get vengeance. It is not your responsibility to retaliate. Listen to me, God has not asked nor anointed you for retaliation and vengeance. That's deep, but we gotta hear it. 
God has not anointed you or asked of you for retaliation and vengeance, but you have been anointed for reconciliation and victory. So how about we choose those instead? You have been anointed to, to, for reconciliation and for victory. So let's choose those instead in Jesus' name. Amen? Because I said this a second ago, the church at large has done a very poor job of understanding who their enemy is. Because listen to me, every time we attack people, we're actually helping the enemy. Every time we attack people, we're actually, we're not hurting the enemy, we're actually helping the enemy. Because the more we attack people, the more it grieves the heart of God. Because guess what? Even though they're living in sin, they were still made in the image of God just like you were. And so when you as a person attack another person, it grieves the heart of God because God desires that all men come to repentance and be saved. God loves people that are lost. So what are we doing attacking them when we should be trying to help reconcile them into the kingdom of God? So we have to see this. People, listen, people don't come to repentance when the church is trying to retaliate. People come to repentance when the church is trying to reconcile. And we're trying to reconcile people. If you believe this, somebody say amen. So I'm gonna tell you something in love today. And I love you. Stop putting human faces and names on demonic agendas. Think about that one for a minute. Stop putting human faces and names on demonic agendas. Stop allowing the enemy to convince you that people are the problem. Let me tell you different. People are not the problem. People are precious in the sight of the Lord. So I'll go one step further. Just because a person has a problem doesn't mean they are the problem. And if you say they are, honey, you remember when you had problems? We still got problems. Come on. I joke with people. We've got tissues because we've got issues. Come on, somebody. We got it. We got it. But listen, people are not the problem. People are precious. If they're precious to the Lord, they should be precious to us. Well, pastor, they don't vote like me. Still love them anyway. It's true. Pastor, they don't see it my way. So, at one point, you didn't see it God's way either. So, I still loved you. So, we have to see this. We have to see this, that people are not the problem. People are precious. And we have to stop letting the enemy convince us to put human faces and names on demonic agendas. Listen, Satan and sin are the real problem. Satan and sin are the real problem, not people. Everybody say, not people. I feel like going to Finding Nemo. People are friends, not foes. Come on, let's go. If you don't get that joke, we need to pray for you. <laughs> listen, listen to me. Our real enemies are demonic principalities, demonic powers, rulers and hosts in this world. Those demonic spirits are deceiving and enslaving people to sin. And because it is spiritual warfare, we need to remember 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three. It matters even more. You ready? Here's what it says. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. 
Let me say it one more time. We are human. Anybody know that you're a human? We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. How about 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God and pulling down strongholds. You know, we need to pull down the demonic strongholds over our city. Woo, we better do it. Pull down strongholds of perversion. Pull down strongholds of homosexuality. Pull down strongholds of immorality and darkness. They're not doing it for us. We as the church are supposed to be doing that. It says our weapons are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. Like, like those statements we talked about last week, casting those down. We don't have to be mean about it, but we can be honest about it. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself. How many of you guys know when it says every high thing that exalts itself, how many of you guys know that's a spirit of pride? Exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me tell you quickly about how powerful your thought life is. If you do not take thoughts captive, they will take captive of you. That's why this text is so important. Young people, I know you got a billion thoughts a day and your bodies and your insides are changing like every like millisecond. I've been there, done that, had the t-shirt. Can I get a witness from somebody? But your thoughts are powerful. And so when you think something that you know is not God, do not entertain that thought. Take that thought captive, kick it in the stomach, hold it down and put the blood of Jesus on it and then think what you know you should be thinking. Amen? That's where you guys say amen. Come on, let's try it. Amen? Amen, come on. Somebody say amen for our young people. Yes. Woo! So this is important. Knowing those scriptures, knowing these things, this is important, Maker's Church, because once we understand who our enemy is, we can then understand how to war and win against the enemy. Let me say that again, because listen, you are not warring hoping for victory. We are warring from victory because Jesus has already won it. So listen to me, when we war, we war and we win, but there is a method how we war. There is a way in which we must war so we walk in that victory on a consistent basis. So once we understand who our enemy is, we can then understand how to war and win against the enemy. And so this morning, I wanna give us three specifics on how we war, to see God do a work in those that need freedom and salvation in Jesus' name. I, it's in the end of my sermon, but I'll tell you now, I would love to, to be a church known in Cincinnati that homosexuals come to Maker's Church and they get saved. I would love to be known as a church that prostitutes show up and they get set free and delivered in Jesus' name. I would love to be known as a church that folks that are transgender or cross-dressers come into this house and they feel the anointing and the conviction of the Holy Spirit that they may have come in one way, but they leave another. And why? Because the testimony of 1 Corinthians 6, 11, they used to be that way, but now they have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. They are in holy and right standing because they call Jesus, the Lord and Savior of their life. Does anybody have any kind of faith that we could be a church that could go into society, pull down strongholds and change it for the kingdom of God? If that's you, somebody give the Lord praise in this house today. Hallelujah. 
So I wanna give three specifics on how we war to do a work, see God do a work. I believe three things. We need to pray, we need to portray, and then we need to provoke. I'm gonna explain those. They all start with P. You know my love for alliteration. If you didn't, relax. I do it all the time. We pray, we portray, and we provoke. Number one, to war and win, we must pray. I didn't say we should think about praying or we should add it to our list of things to do for the week. We must pray. Everybody say, I must pray. Prayer has got to stop being the last line of defense for the church. It must be the first weapon activated. Can I say it one more time? Prayer has got to stop being the last line of defense for the church. It should be the first weapon activated. We must pray. We must pray. We need to be done with having a prayer time and start having a prayer life. We must pray. Two of the biggest demonic spirits that have birthed Pride Month as we know it, the celebration of sin and immorality. There are two spirits, the spirit of error, which is in the Bible, I can take you to it, and the spirit of deception. The spirit of error and deception. Let me answer this question. How do we fight the spirit of error? Too many Christians try to fight the spirit of error with anger. And I'm gonna tell you something that doesn't do anything. Pastor, my anger, it doesn't do anything. In fact, James chapter 120 says, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Well, pastor, uh, when I see error, I get angry, and then I, I confront that error with my anger. Do you know that spirit of error is a provoking spirit that wants you to get angry? You know that, right? When you get angry and you get on social media, rah, 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 that's how you sound when you get on social media. Rah, 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 rah. Some of you are laughing because you know it's true. Your thumbs got so much anger in them. You just... <laughs> He got it, he got it. About 10 seconds late, but he got it. <laughs> Anger doesn't defeat error. I, I want you to watch something. Are we good for this clip? This happened, listen to me. You may have seen it. This, you're about to watch a clip of a Lutheran church in Minnesota. And it was recorded and it was, it's gone relatively viral. Some of you may have seen it. I saw it and I was like, it works perfectly into my sermon. Please know, please know if you're watching online, we do not endorse this prayer whatsoever, but I wanted to see it as an example. Everybody say example. So before you go to one of our elders and complain, understand the context, okay? Here we go, show it.
that's a church. No, it's not the true church. I, I don't know if you know this, there's a dividing line coming in this season between the ecclesia and people who call themselves a church. So be prepared for that. That happened in a Lutheran church in Minnesota. Now, I've never heard of the Sparkle Creed, have you? I've heard of the Apostles' Creed, which is relatively sound doctrine. That, on the other hand, is some of the weirdest, wildest stuff I've ever heard. The Sparkle Doctrine. That's the kind of stuff that can make us angry. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like for real, you're, I mean, like you're, like you're angry. You get so angry, you can't even talk straight. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you get angry. I understand why we would get angry, because it's foolishness. Now, I'm just being real, and if we, get, if we lose all of our social media and YouTube privileges because of this sermon, so be it. But that's foolishness. That's not the Lord. And guess what? That is a spirit of error and deception. It's what that is. But listen to me, your anger is not going to change that. You getting angry and sharing that on social media, look at this ridiculousness and da-da-da-da. What's that going to do? Is it gonna make you, can I just give you a piece of advice for a minute? Just because you say something and it makes you feel better, it doesn't make you look better. So listen to me, if anger does not produce the righteousness God desires, we cannot fight error with anger. We must fight error with intercession. In other words, we must pray. Somebody say, I must pray. We must fight error with a spirit of intercession. I understand that you can get angry. Angry doesn't conquer error. So we must fight error with intercession. Look at James 5.16, the second half of that verse. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So if you get frustrated about it, don't post about it, pray about it. Come into agreement with the name of Jesus and start pulling down demonic strongholds because you cannot fight with a weapon, but you got a physical weapon, but you can fight with a spiritual weapon called prayer. It is productive and produces wonderful results. Your prayer is productive and powerful when you pray in the name of Jesus. So in other words, Pray, saints. We want to see this change? Then let's pray for it. Let's pray about it. Let's come against the error in Jesus' name. Let's come against the error in our sons and daughters. Let's believe, let's declare, and let's war in the spirit with prayer. Let me go further. In the book of, uh, is it 2 Timothy? Oh, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Because some people are like, are like, well, pastor, I'm just going to pray for believers. No, he says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for some people. All people. 
So that doesn't just mean all people that are saved. That means all jacked up people, all homosexual people, all broken people, all lost people, all perverted people, all deceived people, all people that live in error. Pray for all people. If no one else is praying for them, you can pray for them. You can be an intercessor. You can be one that literally calls their name out in heaven and say, God, save them. God, send somebody with truth. Send somebody with love. Send somebody that can help them understand that they were born in the image of God and they are called to be sons and daughters of God in the earth. It's time for the church to stop being angry and it's time for us to start praying in Jesus' name. If you believe that, somebody say amen. We must pray. We must pray. And listen to me. We can't just pray soulish prayers. What are soulless prayers with our mind, will, and emotions? Sometimes we've got to pray in the Holy Spirit. That's why you get a prayer language from heaven, to pray in the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Ephesians 6, we should pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So if you don't pray in the Spirit, why? If you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you speak in a heavenly language, you should be praying in the Spirit. That's not my opinion, that's the word. So we don't need to just pray with words we understand. Paul said, I will pray with understanding and I will pray in the spirit. I will sing with understanding and I will sing in the spirit. You gotta do both. Remember, we're not either or people, we're both and people, come on. And so we can't just pray soulless prayers. We have to pray in the spirit against these spirits that are wreaking havoc in our world but we must be people that will commit to saying that we must pray and we will not fight error with anger. We will fight error with intercession in Jesus' name. Amen? Number two, after we must pray, we must portray. We must portray. Portray what? Portray Jesus in our words and our actions. How many of you guys know our words are powerful, but so are our actions? We must portray Jesus in our words and our actions. I mentioned earlier that the spirit of deception is very strong in what's happening in our world. So listen, just like we can't fight error with anger, we cannot fight deception with disdain. Ooh, I'm stepping on toes this morning, I know it. But the Holy Spirit said it's time for us to do it the right way. You cannot fight deception with disdain. Too many Christians are quick to show and voice their disdain for those struggling with sexual immorality. Let me say it one more time and I gotta hurry. Too many Christians are quick to show and voice their disdain for those struggling with sexual immorality. Again, I understand the feeling of disdain. When you see drag queens reading books to kids in libraries, I get you feeling disdain. When, when you hear about the things that are happening in the public school system with diversity, inclusion, and equality, I get why you feel disdain. I understand it, but you cannot fight deception with disdain. Come on, come on, if you're with me, somebody say amen. You cannot fight deception with, with disdain. When people are deceived, it can make you wanna feel and respond with disdain. But remember, that's not reconciliation, that's retaliation. That's not reconciliation, that's retaliation. So what do we need to do? We must portray and display Jesus in love and goodness. 
Rather than having disdain, how about you just display the love and goodness of God to everybody you come into contact with? Jesus was clear in Matthew 5, 16. He says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So listen, do good to people that are struggling with deception. Do good to them, love them. The light of your good deeds could help them see that they are deceived from the truth and it could set them free in Jesus' name. It could do that. But your, listen, your disdain will only divide more. It will only divide more. If God is good to you, and he is, somebody say amen if you know God's good to you, then you be good and do good to others because you're not changing anybody or anything with disdain, but you can make a difference with good deeds that glorify our Father in heaven. Remember Ephesians chapter three? God said he desires to put his church on display in the world. If you're operating with a spirit of disdain, God doesn't wanna put you on display. God's gotta take you back to the potter's wheel and get disdain out of you and give you love and goodness so you can be displayed in the world and say, you know what, they're deceived, but I'm gonna do good to them and I'm gonna love them. And I believe some point, at some point they are going to see and experience those things. And then they're gonna say, That's, that can't just be them, there must be a God somewhere. So we can't just pray we also must portray Jesus in every part of our lives. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Number three, the last one, we must provoke. We must provoke. I need my worship team to come. We must provoke. And sometimes when we hear the word provoke, we think about that in a negative way. I know I did because I provoked my sister all the time when we were little. Can I get a witness? Come on. <laughs> but I mean, I mean provoke in a positive way. There's an interesting and inspiring scripture in Romans chapter 11, verse 11. You may have never seen it. It's powerful though. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, here's what, here's what Paul said. He said, I say then, have they, he's talking about, he's talking about uh, Israel's rejection of Jesus. He said, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, I want you to see this. Just go deep with me really quick. We're almost done. Everybody, everybody still with me? Paul is describing the dynamic of how Israel's rejection of Jesus has paved the way for the gift of salvation in the kingdom to come to the Gentiles. By the way, we're Gentiles. Anybody thankful the gift of salvation came to us? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But he said that that very thing could provoke the people of Israel into asking questions, investigating and realizing that Jesus didn't come just for Gentiles, he came for all people. He came for the Jewish people. That's why we should all be praying, by the way, just on a side note, you should all be praying that every Jew would know Jesus as their Messiah. You should pray that, because Jesus cares. Because how many of you guys know Jesus is Jewish? Don't get me going, but we'll just stay right there. But can I tell you, that, that text, put that text back up, Bree, about provoking them to jealousy. Can I tell you, I believe we get the same opportunity as the people of God in the earth. That we live in such a fashion that it provokes people to ask questions. 
that it provokes people to, 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 to jealousy. Because here's the truth. If you are a kingdom believer, if you're a disciple of Jesus, if you're a spirit-filled man or woman of God, you should be full of joy and peace and righteousness and love and patience and kindness, all those fruits of the spirit, those are real things for all of us. We should be, listen, our lives should be in such a way that it provokes someone else to say, why do you always just seem like you have peace? I can't find that peace. Where did you find that? Did you get it at Target down the road? I said, no, honey, I don't shop at Target. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got to get more sleep. Come on, somebody help me. Woo. You tell them, no, no, no. What, what I get, I, did, I didn't buy, I received. Listen to me. There are a lot of people right now in error and deception, there are people literally having gender reassignment surgeries because they're trying to find peace. There, there, there are people, there are children that are, that are boys dressing like girls because they're trying to feel complete because they've been deceived. that are doing so many outlandish, but at the same time, heartbreaking things. And it's because they're trying to feel at peace. They're trying to find completion. But Colossians 2.10 is very clear. You're only complete in your union with Jesus. So the only way they're ever gonna know true completion and rest is the Lord. But how will they never know that if we don't live in such a way that it would provoke them to investigate? That it would provoke them to just say, how is your life just so good? How is your life, how does it just seem like you move with no, with no insecurity and no fear and no worry? And you're gonna tell them, because I'm complete in Jesus and you can be too. Because remember our hope is that the testimony is, I used to be that way, but I've been cleansed, I've been made whole by the blood and the name of Jesus. Listen to me, church. I get what's happening. I get the natural responses, but we are not to have a natural response to a spiritual problem. We must have a supernatural response to a spiritual problem. So we must pray like we never have before. We must portray Jesus in our words and our actions, be on display for the world to see. And then say, Lord, in the most loving way possible, may we provoke those who don't know you to come into the kingdom of God. If you believe that, say amen. Here's what I want us to do. I want everybody, I've done it every week. I'm gonna keep going because I like being consistent. I want you to stand up and I want you to come find a place on the altar. Come on.